chance for Muhlenbergs. They score! And the Mules score! Scores! Three in a row for the Mules! Duke has to put it up at the buzzer! It's good! And the Mules win it! Coming to you from Allentown, Pennsylvania, welcome to the Muhlenberg Mules Podcast. Each episode, we'll talk to the coaches, staff, athletes, and alumni who make up the Muhlenberg Athletics family and are proud to call themselves Mules. And as we wrap up the month of June, Pride Month, we have a special episode this week featuring former Muhlenberg volleyball players Lorraine Ojo Ohikwari and Holly Henson. Ojo Ohikwari is a 2014 Muhlenberg graduate and is currently a processing archivist at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Hinson, a 2015 Muhlenberg graduate, was recently hired as a social studies teacher in Howard County, Maryland. The couple met in 2011 at Muhlenberg Volleyball Preseason, and they were married in May 2019. Lorraine and Holly, welcome to the Muhlenberg Mules podcast. Thank you. Thanks very much. Yeah, so, um, you know, we're wrapping up uh, June, which is Pride Month, and um, appreciate you guys coming on to the podcast to talk about your relationship, which began early on at, in your time at Muhlenberg. Um, just talk a little bit uh, about that, if you would. Yeah. Shall I take the reins? Sure, this? go for it. Um, so uh, Holly was an incoming freshman, um, and I was already a sophomore, and I believe our coach was recruiting her to be another outside hitter on our volleyball team, which I already was, so I didn't really think of Holly as like potential friend, but more so a definite competitor. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and I, I really saw her as like my competitor, of course, my teammate, you know, and all that we got along, but I really just, she was my competitor, but she ended up being like, just too nice. <laughs> um, and yeah. And so, I mean, this was like 2011, this was 2011. Right. And so we, you know, got to be good friends over my first um, freshman volleyball season. Right. Um, and by the end of it, we, we started realizing that there were some different feelings there. Um, and so very purposefully, we decided to get together at, after our last game of that season. <laughs> so we waited right until the end of the season, figuring like, okay, you know, once we're out of season, we'll have a little bit of time to maybe figure out what's going on here. Um, and we won't be as, we didn't want to obviously be an interruption or any sort of distraction to the team, right? Um, but we did feel like there was something worth pursuing. Um, so yeah, that was very purposeful in that, in that regard. But, you know, in retrospect, it's kind of like, you know, how we were during the season and mm -hmm. how we were in the seasons following, we were very purposeful to make sure that, you know, our teammates didn't feel like, especially when it came to conversations of being a captain or anything mm -hmm. like that, our teammates didn't feel like there was a favoritism or there was just like a, I'm going to put my mm -hmm. relationship first or like any weirdness, even, mm -hmm. even then, like we knew that it, it was kind of rare for two people on one team yeah. <laughs> to, to date. <laughs> um, we knew it was going to be um, interesting from a teammate perspective and even from a coach perspective, mm -hmm. how to deal with that. So we wanted to make sure we put in the work to make sure that we can say, well, we were together at this point and you didn't see anything, you right. know, nothing was different. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So how was, 
How was it received uh, among your teammates, um, you know, by your coaches and, uh, you know, when, when, when they learned about your relationship? I'll, I'll do the team and you can do the coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, funny story about the team. Apparently they knew uh, they could tell that there was something, but they didn't necessarily like say anything. And I'll, I definitely remember being in GQ. Yep. um having like wings or something with holly and then like the rest of our team like flooded at us because it was a friday night or saturday night and they were like so like are you guys dating or what and we were like wow (laughs) hold on (laughs) why would you say that did we (laughs) what happened what's going on but like they called us out immediately and they were all like, yeah, we knew. And we've been like hoping for this to happen. But like, yeah. And they were like so supportive, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like outrageously supportive. Yeah. And, and then that was, so that was like, again, we had gotten together right at the end of my first season or my freshman season and her sophomore season. Um, and then, so every year successively, what we would do is we would sort of, again, not hide our relationship, but just not sort of mention it during preseason when the new group of incoming girls would join the team. And then basically at the end of preseason, we would like pull them aside and be like, hey, so by the way, just want to add on a little bit here. And we did that just because we wanted them to get to know, you know, us as individuals, us as teammates individually and what we had to offer before, again, like grouping us in their minds. Um, and even after that, I yeah. mean, our, like, we never mm-hmm. received any sort of like negativity from our teammates, mm-hmm. like with each class of incoming freshmen or transfers mm-hmm. or whatever, we, we would say it and they'd be like, oh, cool. So next practice, mm-hmm. like it really, and it didn't come out negative. It mm-hmm. wasn't used against us. It wasn't yeah. like that ever on the team, which we're really mm-hmm. grateful for. If anything, yeah. like people were just like, Oh, that's so cute. I could, I could yeah. see that. That's so yeah. nice. Yeah. All right. And then like go about their business. So. Mm-hmm. Right. And how about, um, you know, not just among your team, but among, um, you know, the Muhlenberg community in general, were there, were there people outside the team who, who knew about your relationship? Oh yeah. Absolutely. I mean, uh, all our friends and, you know, just the general community. I mean, we, we weren't hiding anything. We were always together. Um, yeah, it was just always a question of if people knew enough, knew us well enough uh, to ask or to really catch us in like an intimate moment. Just because like, again, like, you know, two women walking around together typically just looks like best friends, right? Um, and then no one really associates, no one makes that that jump really, unless you sort of force them to. Um, so unless we outright said something or they really, I don't know, asked someone. It was always just sort of like, oh, it's Lou and Holly together, you know, and didn't know how together. <laughs> and, and to be completely honest, I like, I mean, we've had professors that'd be like, you guys are just the best of friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we've had, you know, there were other professors who like knew exactly what our relationship was. And, you know, Mm-hmm. If I were having a one-on-one with, I'm just thinking of a particular professor, they would ask, oh, how's your relationship going? Just like checking in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I knew that I always hesitated um, to like correct people because I was closeted to my family at the time. So um, even though I was out on campus, I was not out to my parents. So I was always, it was always a knee-jerk reaction not to necessarily correct mm-hmm. 
Um, and then Holly would just pull me out the closet again and it'd be all good. It'd be all good. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, I guess um, from what you're describing from your time at Muhlenberg, you know, it, it, it seems like that you were very fortunate, um, you know, for, for others, um, maybe in different places and different circumstances, maybe, um, maybe would have encountered some, uh, you know, not so pleasant uh, yeah. encounters. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, yeah, we were very fortunate in that, like, we never felt like we had to hide it because we were ever in danger and, or really ever, you know, in a place where we felt unsafe. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think Muhlenberg was generally pretty accepting. Um, it was just, there was a more open presence of gay men at, at the time, at least when we were there, yeah. um, than there was an open presence uh, of women uh, or gay women, right? Um, so to find other gay women took some effort, I would say, right? You, there was really more of this like underground network where like, you know, you knew a friend who knew a friend and then like they would introduce you, yeah. Uh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> um, but like, also, I mean, not to lean on stereotypes, but like Muhlenberg was known and is known as like a theater school. Um, you know, that community and you, I as an athlete, Holly as an athlete, we knew that there were different communities on campus and considering the larger community is of the theater arts. It was, I would be shocked if I had a real, a negative interaction, especially because like, I feel like the theater kids were very accepting of everyone. <laughs> um, and so like, you can find your, you can find your people. Um, well, and one of the first year seminars for the, for the um, group when I came in was um, the drag queens and Kings seminar yeah. that they did. Right. And so we ended up, I think that was before we started dating. Yeah. We ended up going, to, no, it must've been after. Cause it was, would have been at the end of the semester, okay. but we did end up going to see, it was mostly women doing drag as men, right? So drag kings. Um, but again, that's sort of a lesbian portrayal in some ways, right? And so like, you know, we just, we found these little niches or, or ins at different points, right? Um, so yeah, while there wasn't this bigger open presence, at least at our time when we were there, right. it, it, you know, it, it was never, it was never not a safe place to be. Yeah, <laughs> that's the best I can And I don't know of anyone that skipped, what was the gay club in Allentown? Oh, Stonewall. I don't yeah, think anyone had... skipped the Stonewall night. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was always a plus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the Stonewall just uh, just closed recently. Yeah, we heard. It's really sad. Terrible. Lots of memories oh, in that place. Right? <laughs> oh, man. You mentioned the theater community at Muhlenberg, um, you know, maybe in the athletics community, uh, gay couples, not as uh, common, but it's actually been uh, the last couple of weeks have been really good ones um, for the LGBTQ community in the athletics world. Um, Carl Lassib of the NFL, the Oakland Raiders defensive lineman um, coming out as gay. Laurel Hubbard, a, a weightlifter from New Zealand, um, first transgender athlete who will be competing in the Olympics. Yeah, um, fantastic. you know, I, I, that, it's just been fantastic that, um, you know, maybe in the sports world where this has been going on, um, but maybe not openly is, is, is a little bit more open now. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I think, it, I mean, you know, 
any and all representation uh, of different types of people and, and all types of people um, from the LGBTQ community is great, right? So yeah, I love that we, you know, are getting more and more people ready who, who are ready to come out and stuff. Plus there's there's more and more with, with more and more gay people with more and more like non-straight, non-cis straight people mm-hmm. being out in the world that absolutely impacts the generations coming up and even the families of those people that have the, you know, have the strength or are ready to come out. It really does change people's minds. Mm -hmm. I mean, I came from a family, we weren't like strict, but they absolutely didn't see their daughter being gay. (laughs) Right. And so that, that changes, that changed my parents' mind. That changed a lot of people's mind. And so with more people doing that, it's going to change the mind and open people, mm-hmm. open people's hearts more because it's not a random person anymore. It's someone that they know, or it's not, it's not, you know, some accountant. It's like this NFL player that they like absolutely mm-hmm. adore. You know, it's like the more people who have, you know, who are becoming more comfortable with the, who they are and put themselves out in the world, the better everything yeah. will be. Yeah, you know, and I think, um, I, I think with the Carl Nassib thing, and he donated um, $100,000 to the, to the Trevor Project, right. um, you know, I think uh, among young people, you know, that's, that's just so important is letting them know that they can be who they are and not having to hide it. Uh, you know, Lou, you uh, had to hide it somewhat from your family, um, you said at the start, but um, at, at least um, empowering young people to, to be who they are. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, like even now, like having like Sue Bird and um, Megan Rapino, Rapino, Rapino. Yeah, you know, like I never like growing up, like there weren't out grown-ups you know like you know not and not not women not men right like now we've got I think more representation of especially out women in sports right but you know especially for men you know with the with the the traits associated with a stereotypical masculinity in American culture, right? Like we really need more men to come out in these sports to, to really break this stigma of sexuality and somehow it uh, correlating with your athletic ability. Right. Um, you know, so I, I love that uh, Carl came out, right. I, I would love more, more men, especially to come out and really um, change that narrative about what sports is about. And, and it's not to say like, you know, if, if they want to keep their private life oh, yeah, private, right. Sure. Like, but it shouldn't same, matter. It shouldn't matter. <laughs> but. Exactly. But like, I feel like a lot of people, they are living the life that they want. They just keep it separate. They just see that it has to be kept separate. And I feel like people tend to be happier when they have, they don't feel like they have that pressure to keep things separate. If they decide to do it within themselves, it's fine. But like, the point is that, the reason why I think a reason why a lot of these athletes are coming out is because keeping it separate is so hard, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. especially when it's not their decision. When there's a, you know, when there's a team camaraderie on the line, when there's mm-hmm. money on the line, when mm-hmm. there's, you know, win losses records on the line, like that's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. and more people it's, it's kind of, 
it can be seen as unfair that, you know, a straight person or a cis person is able to live their life however they want, but because you are not, you don't fit in that box. Now you have this added pressure. Your life can be, your life is great, but you still have that, that added, like that addition. And so I think that as with more people coming out, that's just their decision to like have the same flexibility and have the same, like, you know, openness. And I think that's, it's not, it's not the announcement. I think that is incredible. It's the moment of like relief and release Mm -hmm. for these athletes because they don't have to choose anymore. Yeah. And you know, you were, you were volleyball players at Muhlenberg. Um, It's a little different for NFL players, uh, Olympic athletes with social media and, and, Mm -hmm. and the way they're, they're scrutinized. Um, Also had to be encouraging the NFL's uh, people, Carl Nassib, his, his teammates, people around the NFL congratulated him, were very supportive. Um, the NFL came out with a video, uh, y- you know, in support of him. Um, so, I, you know, maybe maybe this will be a, a turning point. Yeah, fingers crossed. That's right. <laughs> you are both still involved in athletics um, as, as, as coaches. Um, but uh, Lorraine, I wanted to talk with you about one of your uh, previous jobs as an athletic archivist at the University of Maryland. What a, what an, um, w- there was an article about that on the Muhlenberg website. And yep. what, what an interesting experience that must have been for you. Um, it was definitely a uh, experience that I didn't see coming and that I'm gr- forever grateful to have um, because it a- absolutely melded my two loves um, of being in the archive and just getting lost in information. And then also sports. <laughs> Um, because I mean, volleyball has, was what I played in college, but I dabbled in everything. So it was a great opportunity to kind of just get the lay of the land in a big 10 school of all Mm -hmm. schools, one of the biggest and baddest, uh, conferences. (laughs) So it was, it was, it was a moment to remember for sure. Uh, and then you, you're both coaching, uh, volleyball now. Yes. Yep. We both coach travel volleyball teams for two different clubs, funny enough. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so we're, we, I mean, we still play, but we also like to leave a little impact on those coming up too. So um, we both placed our chits into uh, clubs and I think we're having fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, yeah, like we both, do like giving back, you know, in the sports, um, you know, seeing new talent come out of these girls. And yet, and again, I think it does give us both this opportunity to be role models again, like, right, like, we, we try to, we, we never hide, again, we don't hide our relationship, but we also don't mention it unless we see each other. Um, but then a lot of the times the girls find out and it's a great opportunity for us to be like, yep, like, we're gay, we're together doesn't really affect our coaching at all right like it's just yeah it, the, the, in fact it's a benefit right because now I get to go home and I get to say hey my libero cannot seem to get her feet behind the ball <laughs> what can I do you know so we get to bounce each other I mean it really benefits our players honestly. I mean it really does <laughs> it really does yeah and Holly your team just competed for what a national national tournament yeah oh my gosh yeah we were down in Florida for AAU nationals yeah my team had actually won a bid to get down there so that was really exciting and I had a great time with my my travel team this year they're just a fantastic group of girls so how how did your team do down at nationals we did we did pretty well we ended up in you know 
there was like 180 something teams down there. We were right in the middle of the pack. We, we played well. We beat a really, really good team from Utah. Um, had a couple of struggles some other days, but it was it was generally a really great experience. Yeah, well, uh, congratulations. I, yeah. I guess, uh, you know, after, um, I, I guess after the year uh, or, or so that we've just had, I guess just to be able to do anything is good, but to, to, you know, to play at a national level, that's, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you, you, you touched on this earlier as being a role model for the, for, for the, the young women that you, you coach, um, yeah. you know, and I think that's a part of your job that, that you can do as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Every day we try to be good role models for, for, for them, for, for anyone we meet, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like there's, there's not like one type of normal, right? So we're just sharing what our version of normal is. It mm-hmm. happens to be two women, but like, I like that. It's the same. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and Lorraine, you mentioned, um, so you're now at, at UMBC. Yep. Um, and um, we were talking earlier, you're, um, there's a lot of initials involved here. Um, but, but talk about some of the work you do at, at UMBC. So um, I am an archivist there. So I'm uh, charged with bringing in collections, uh, arranging description and um, making them accessible. Um, and that's, we have a lot of collecting areas, but UMBC is, is really big on their photographic collections. So I tend to, I wrangle everything, but um, a lot of the collections there are really rich photographic collections. Um, and then on top of that, I'm faculty status, so I get I have to do my publishing and go after tenure as long as hard as I can, <laughs> which is is scary, but takes a lot of work and takes a lot of work. But it's I'm sure it's doable. But um, yeah, I just I just get to be around really cool stuff that not a lot of people get to be around all day every day. That's how I describe it to people who don't know what an archivist is. <laughs> Um, and, and you also um, are an advocate for the LGBTQ community on campus. Yeah, so our group, our recent win was actually making sure that all of the bathrooms on campus are um, gender neutral. Um, we got our last bathroom corrected um, last, I think it was last month. So um, that's been the, the recent big win for us. Oh, but, but, but that's terrific. So um, it's officially called the Faculty and Staff Advocacy of LGBTQ uh, Committee. Sorry. Nice. <laughs> it's a lot of, it's a lot of letters. So, so, so that's the UMBC FSA LGBTQ. C. See it? Yeah. See. Yeah. A lot of letters. <laughs> M-O-U-S-E, right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's great. And, um, you know, uh, this is uh, this is Pride Month, uh, June, uh, just coming to an end here. Um, may- maybe in your own words, what wh- what does that mean to you? Um, y- you know, why why is it important to celebrate uh, Pride Month? Um, it's important to celebrate because you're celebrating like a a a people. You're celebrating like a group, and who may seem like another, but is as human as everyone else. It's to acknowledge that, again, in the United States, where there are all sorts of, all sorts of different sorts of people, this people, we have, um, 
we might have something different about us, but we are just as human as everyone else. It's just mm-hmm. a highlight yeah. that we're celebrating our otherness, I guess. And otherness is in real air quotes here because <laughs> we're the same, you know, the, the difference yeah. is, is really small compared to bigger and, uh, you know, bigger things that are happening in this country. Right. And so it's really just a highlight for people who might be quote unquote othered um, to really celebrate themselves and the difference that they all like the difference they can make and the difference that they have within themselves. Yeah. And I think it's a great way to, to, you know, it's, it's an important month for me, like in thinking about like honoring and like remembering all the people who came before us. Right. I guess my inner historians coming out, but like, you know, like, (laughs) Right. Pride started as as a riot. Right. Is is a riot that was centered on trans on trans women. Right. Trans women of color. And, you know, I think for me, pride is about pushing back against the, the heteronormativity that is existent in everyday American culture. Right. Um, and and yeah, like saying like, hey, you know, I know things have gotten better, but like it's it's still it's still heteronormative, right? Every every day for us, we still have to make choices about who we're going to come out to, what we're going to do in public, who if we're, if we're going to wear our rings to certain things, right? Mm-hmm. Like every single day, those are decisions that have to weigh on our minds. That that luckily uh, or privileged straight people don't have to have to necessarily worry about, right? Um, and so for me, pride is about yeah remembering that and saying like. Things are better, but they can be even better than that, right? We can keep pushing for even more. Yeah, that's that's outstanding. Um, and uh, you know, hopefully, with uh, you know a high-profile athlete just uh, you know just coming out, um, you know, hopefully we're we're moving in that direction. Um, before we wrap things up, um, uh, saw online that um, you had your engagement photos taken back here on the Muhlenberg campus. Yes. Um, uh, talk, talk about that. Uh, that that must have been uh, quite a cool, cool experience for you. It made sense. Like, <laughs> it is, it, I don't like we had to talk about all sorts of details attached to our wedding. And I think that was probably the easiest, the easiest dis- discussion <laughs> yep. we have ever had. Yep. Um, all because everything like everything that started with us started at Muhlenberg. Yep. Started in that gym was like all we have stories all across campus it just made sense and so Mm -hmm. um i reached out to um the volleyball coach and asked i knew that they were having practices so i was like sorry to interrupt your practice but (laughs) we would really we would really like to borrow the gym and if you can leave the nets up and the balls i swear (laughs) we'll count them like (laughs) we'll we'll do it all yeah and again so nice Mm -hmm. very excited and was like whatever you need we've got you Mm -hmm. and we like we packed up our car and our photographer met us there and we just had a ball in the gym and then across campus it just made the most sense yeah because i mean i would not my wife and i would i don't think we would have crossed paths if we didn't both go to Muhlenberg and if we didn't uh, have volleyball Mm -hmm. to really attach us. Yep. And so, yeah. Best, easiest decision ever. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Before we go, we like to ask all of our um, podcast guests for their favorite quote. 
So um, let's hear your favorite quotes and why. Sure. Um, so mine is from Kofi Annan. Um, he was, he's like my father's favorite person. And so I've listened to him speak at the UN like all the time. Um, and his quote is education is quite simply peace building by another name. Um, and I, I no true words have been spoken. I think that the more people learn things in general about each other, the more they can see themselves or see things differently. It's really just about understanding and educating yourself. So that's my quote. Nice. All right. And Holly, how about yours? Mine is uh, by the anthropologist Margaret Mead. Uh, and so this is kind of common, but uh, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. And so I really like to feel like, you know, change can feel so hard to bring sometimes, right? But I think in, in the essence, in fact, you know, like in terms of gay marriage, right? Um, the American populace has changed so drastically on just that, that idea um, because of a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens, right? People can create change. And so that quote always reminds me that even though it can feel overwhelming at times, change will come and change is, is on its way. All right. So uh, Holly Henson, thank you for that quote. Uh, Lorraine Ojo Horikwari, thank you very much. Thanks to both of you for joining us on the Muhlenberg yeah, Mules podcast. Been a blast. Love it. The Muhlenberg Mules podcast is a production of the Muhlenberg College Office of Athletic Communications. If you have any questions or comments for us or our guests, email us at mulespodcast at muhlenberg.edu or leave a message on the Mule pod line at 484-664-4001. If you like us, please rate and review us and recommend us to your friends. Or your enemies, we're not picky. If you have suggestions on how we can make this better, please contact us. For the latest in Muhlenberg sports, visit MuhlenbergSports.com or follow us on social media at M-U-H-L underscore S-P-O-R-T-S. Until our next episode, Go Mules!